Welcome to the Memory Hole, where we talk about controversial ideas, unacceptable views, and pry through the madness. I'm your host, Brian, and we made it to episode 10. I'm so happy we made it to the 10th episode. I know the show is still quite small, but the listens are going up every day. I think we're approaching 100 listens now, so that's positive. And please, please, please just subscribe to the show. Leave me a nice five-star review if you can. Follow me on social media at Memory Hole Show. Let me know what topics are important for you. Share the show with as many people as you can. Uh, the more people you share it with, the more reviews you leave, the more subscribing you do. All this stuff, it, it helps the algorithms push the show a little bit higher up into the rankings. More people can then find the show and, and this kind of voice you know, that the world really needs right now will end up rising to the top a little bit more. Anyways, join the conversation. Make your voice heard. That's how we'll restore some sanity to this world. And if you really, really want to support the show and build it out further, consider joining me on Patreon. It's super cheap and it fuels content like what you're listening to right now. On to the show. So this week's episode is about the novel 1984 by George Orwell. I think most people have heard about it, but if you haven't, I'm sure you've heard about some of the themes of the book. You've probably heard things like Big Brother is watching you or 2 plus 2 equals 5. Or you'll hear people say that something just got memory hold. In fact, that's where I got the name of the show. Anyway, so there's a ton of great ideas that came out of this book. So without spoiling the book, here's a brief description of the world in which the main character Winston finds himself. The story takes place in a dystopian future with an all-powerful totalitarian government. Oceania, where the story takes place, is essentially the Western world. And they're always at war with either Eurasia or East Asia and are at peace with the other one. Now, the government controls and monitors all aspects of life, and I mean everything down to thoughts. Everyone is a spy and everything watches everyone. Essentially, the walls have ears. Even your own kids are taught to spy on you. The family unit has basically been destroyed of its meaning, and even sexual relations as a source of pleasure are forbidden. It's only to be used to create new party members. The TV screens are used to watch you, ensuring compliance, and to spew propaganda. Everywhere you look, there are pictures of Big Brother, this omnipresent Stalin-like caricature. He's on all screens spewing propaganda and making you fearful that he's watching you at all times. As the saying goes, Big Brother is watching you. The individual is crushed and everything is done for the greater good. In this case, the state. The book is famous for using terms that are highly contradictory or counterfactual. You can see this in the four ministries. The Ministry of Truth is the propaganda arm of the government. It monitors and manipulates all information, so essentially it's the opposite of the truth. In real life, this would be the media outlets that shill for big government. This would be the fact checkers and their heavy biases. Actually, in 1984, they thought of this too. They're called the Thought Police. Next, we have the Ministry of Love, which is used for law and order. This one ensures compliance to the ruling party through coercion, torture, and brainwashing. Think gulags, woke compliance training, things like that. Next up is the Ministry of Peace, which is essentially the military and other national security related duties. As mentioned earlier, they're always at war. Very peaceful indeed. Lastly, we have the Ministry of Plenty. This is the economy and the food supply, which is actually a rationing system that always keeps people wanting more and therefore makes the population easier to control. Food shortages, rising inflation and prices for everything, especially energy, lockdowns and mandates are how we're experiencing this in real life. Already you can see how up is down and everything is backwards. In fact, the models you come across in this awful world are war is peace, love is hate, ignorance is strength. 
It kind of sounds like some of the themes we see today, like the one that is being taught to our kids at schools. That would be diversity, inclusion, and equity. And yes, that's the correct order for those words because when abbreviated, it spells die. Because when you buy into this garbage, your soul will die. Take diversity. It only counts for immutable attributes like skin color or your sex. It vehemently excludes non-woke ideas. Diversity of thought? Not so much. Then take inclusion. It's diversity in practice. Except if you're straight, white, male, or Christian, yeah, then you're Satan's spawn, and you need not be included. And then you have equity. You see the classic example of the three people trying to watch a baseball game over the fence, and they're given different things to stand on so they can all see. But what if you don't want to watch baseball? See, equity simply is the rebranding of equality of outcome. Everyone, regardless of their choices, should end up the same. Because that's fair, isn't it? But don't forget, free people aren't equal. In order to achieve this equality, or equity as it is, you need to use force. Isn't that nice? I mean, the language surrounding D-I-E sounds nice, doesn't it? It could have been used in 1984. So the mottos I just mentioned like love is hate and D-I-E are examples of doublethink. Doublethink is where you try to hold two contradictory ideas or concepts together at the same time. 1984 famously uses language as a way to control people. The government essentially overloads people's minds to the point where they can't think independently. Imagine living in a world where the word individual didn't exist. It would be much harder to think and formulate ideas around individuality if that word didn't exist. Just as we use words to speak our thoughts out loud, we think those words when we're thinking internally. See, words impact and control thoughts. Do you ever wonder why the woke orthodoxy is so hell-bent on changing the definitions of words so much? As I've said in a previous episode, racism used to be discrimination based on race, whereas now, according to them, it has to include power. That way, only certain groups can be racist. Or look at how they're trying to change the definitions around biology for male and female. The destruction of language and words is critical to destroying one's ability to think. Unthinking people are much easier to control. Now let's take a quick example. If I were to define the word table, it would be an article of furniture supported by one or more vertical legs and having a flat horizontal surface. So we define words as concepts to describe things objectively, but without specifics. In the case of the table, we know the general description is that it has one or more legs and a horizontal surface, but we don't know the specifics like if it has one leg or four legs, if it's made of wood or plastic or what color it is. But the trend we're seeing these days is the woke orthodoxy changing definitions and adding many arbitrary qualifiers, which makes it harder to know things or to think. Nowadays, we have to ask the table if it identifies as a table. Does it have hurt feelings? I mean, what is a horizontal surface anyways? Today, the thought control, the manipulation of words and language is known as politically correct speech and hate speech. The woke tribe gets laws passed about what can be spoken. They rewrite definitions and damage the ability to think. And you know, they might have had valid causes that they were trying to make impacts and awareness on, but they're so pushy that they're creating more enemies instead of allies. It's not the right way to go about it. Even the other day, I saw an article online, I think it was Healthline, that suggested that the term front hole should be used instead of vagina. Now, I'm not sure if anybody asked the trans community, but apparently vagina is offensive to them. Even still, if we go around trying to define things based on everyone's offense, language will be impossible. Here's how I see it. Ask almost anyone, when your kid is born, what's the first thing you look for? You count 10 fingers and 10 toes. 
You do that because that's what you expect will come out that your child will be born with. Humans are defined in part as having 10 fingers and 10 toes. But we know that some people have more than 10 fingers and some have less. And guess what? They're still humans. But here's the thing. We don't redefine humans as having variable amounts of fingers. We don't redefine humans based on the exceptions to the rule. It also doesn't mean that we should beat up or treat badly people with more or less fingers. They're humans too. Despite how they come out, everyone deserves to be treated with dignity. Anyways, I think you can see where I'm going with this. I swear the world has gone mad. That's why I'm telling you spread this podcast. We need to join together in pushing back against this lunacy. Anyways, moving on. The party, aka the government, controls history and information. They rewrite history to conform it to the narrative. Individuals aren't allowed to keep personal items like pictures that might show the past, as it might contradict the official narrative in the future. One of the tools they use to ensure the narrative is conformed to is the use of the memory hole. This is a shoot in the wall that leads to an incinerator. Any document or picture that isn't government approved is sent down this chute in what is termed being memory hold, deletion by incineration. This is precisely what the woke orthodoxy, with the power of the government, is doing to anything non-woke. Now consider that in this book, things were on paper, so it took a lot of effort to get all the stuff and then shoot it down the memory hole. But today, with the internet, this would be much easier to achieve. Just look at China's ability to censor the internet. Or take Canada's proposed Bill C-11 that would have similar control over the internet content. We all know how deboosting and shadow banning controls whose voices can be heard. Being on Google's first result page versus the second or the tenth makes a huge difference. Now imagine enabling that at the highest level of an authoritarian government. And then they'll feed you some crap about inclusiveness, which really means you don't get a voice if you don't conform to the approved woke beliefs. Although they didn't have the internet back in 1949 when 1984 was written, tech nonetheless was used to control the population. They used hidden microphones and TVs to spy on their citizens. It's funny because some people often criticize other people that use Alexa or Google speakers since they listen to you all the time. But nearly everyone in modern society carries something way worse on them at all times. That's your smartphone. You know, that thing with the microphone and a camera. That thing that you probably bring to the bathroom or put on your nightstand or go for a jog with. If the government had have proposed to force you to track everything you do with a phone, I would have hoped we would have pushed back. Although the last two years kind of suggests otherwise. But either way, private companies made the products available and we bought them willingly. And for the most part, these things were great. The problem now is that the governments have essentially forced companies to give them whatever they want. Companies are basically government proxies in this scenario. There is quickly becoming nowhere to hide from being constantly monitored. And some people tell me that if you have nothing to hide, you don't need privacy. So when they come with brain implants one day that monitor your thoughts directly, I wonder how they'll feel about privacy then. You quickly get the sense that the government has figured out how to watch your every movement and behavior to ensure compliance. They manipulate history and words to really get into your head. Even still, Winston knows that his head, his thoughts, that's the last vestige of freedom. But as events eventually unfold, even Winston conforms to the government and accepts that 2 plus 2 equals 5. So sad. What's really interesting is that George Orwell created this book as a warning to the West. He saw what had happened to Russia back in the day and could see how communism is a massive threat to freedom and humanity in general. And as I've mentioned before, communism in its proper definition must be classless, as in there's no hierarchy. Obviously, to organize and ensure that such a fate is fulfilled, you need to have someone in charge directing people. 
Otherwise, you wouldn't get enough compliance to achieve communism. Which means that when you hear people use the term communism, what they're really saying technically is either socialism or fascism, depending on who owns the means of production. But regardless of ownership, you aren't in charge of you, since you're controlled by the state. The most unfortunate thing about George Orwell's writing of 1984 is that it was written as a warning to freedom-loving people against the threat of authoritarian types of governments. Sadly, it's being used as a roadmap to control society through whichever authoritarian scheme they use. Now, I know that was a pretty heavy episode. I wanted to give a little context about the name of the podcast and also to make sure that people are waking up to the badness we all face. Orwell sure gave us a good warning. So I'm really happy that the show has reached 100 listens, has about a dozen subscribers, and has been heard in over 12 different countries. I know it's not a lot so far, but it's growing with your support, and I'm super happy with the progress. If you find that this show has any value to you, please, please, please get me to 50 subscribers. Share the show on social media. You know the handle is at Memory Hole Show. Leave me a five-star review like I mentioned earlier. It helps to boost the show up in the rankings, which helps more people find it. Do what it takes, my people. And let me know what topics you think I should talk about. I'm open to talking about almost anything. And as usual, before I go, what would you say is the biggest threat to freedom that we face? Leave your comments on social media at Memory Hole Show and consider supporting the show on Patreon. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, speak up and make your voice heard or you'll get memory hold. All content from MemoryHoleShow.com and the Memory Hole Show is for the purpose of entertainment and is presented solely as opinion.